Blog Talk Radio.
now. Well, welcome to our Friday night edition of Prayer International Radio. Um, just want to welcome all our guests, everybody who's listening through the website, whether you're, well, however you're listening, you're here. So, um, glory be to God. Wow. Um, glory be to Jesus. Father, be glorified tonight in these next two hours. Father, let every minute be sanctified for your presence. Father, let every minute of this broadcast be yours to have your will. That you may be glorified through your son, Jesus Christ. Father, that you would use your word to speak into our lives and into our hearts, Father. Holy Spirit, that you would reveal to us Jesus Christ. That you would reveal to us an intimate relationship with you. Father, that we would know you as you have already known us, Jesus. Father, and we intercede and stand in the gap, Father, for the nations and kingdoms of this earth, Lord. Father, asking that your hand would move, that your Holy Spirit would move across these nations, Jesus, that you would be glorified and that your name would be exalted from the east to the west, Lord. Jesus, be glorified tonight. Well, our call-in number tonight, 619-618. I think I got that wrong. 619-638-8458. If you need prayer for anything, we're here. Um, we got a chat room open at blogtalkradio.com forward slash prayer international. And so let's see where we're going to go with this tonight. Um, Holy Spirit, have your way tonight in this broadcast and in the lives of every person listening. Okay, so here we go. This is Jeremiah 33, or 32, 37. The Father's talking about Israel in general and demonstrating his character. One thing we've talked about quite often is that the Word of God from beginning to end reveals to us Jesus and reveals to us the character of God. Um, it says, Behold, I will gather them out of all countries where I have driven them in my anger, in my fury, and in great wrath, and I will bring them back to this place, and I'll cause them to dwell safely. They shall be my people, and I will be their God. Then I will give them one heart and one way, that they may fear me forever. For the good of them and their children after them. And I will make an everlasting covenant with them that I will not turn away from doing them good, but I will put my fear in their hearts so they may not depart from me. Yes, I will rejoice over them to do them good, and I will assuredly plant them in this land with all my heart and with all my soul. For thus says the Lord, just as I have brought all this calamity upon this people, so I will bring them, bring on them all the good that I have promised them. And so, I guess we're going to start that tonight and start there. Um, <laughs> here's the thing. Yes, I will rejoice over them to do them good. And I will assuredly plant them in this land with all my heart and with all my soul. And this isn't a man speaking. This is Father God speaking about his children. And even prophetically, 
where he said, Then I will give them one heart and one way, that they will fear me forever, for the good of them and their children after them. You know, the Father rejoices over us, in good and bad. He rejoices over his children. And even when we, as people, turn away from the Lord, he's still there to fulfill his promise. Even if we make mistakes and we come back to the Lord, his promise is still in effect that he will still bless us and that he will still draw us. And he will still, I mean, with all his heart and all his soul, longing to bless his children, longing to reveal his nature and his character and his loving kindness and his mercy to his children from generation to generation. For there's no difference. The Bible says that he is the same yesterday, today, and forever, and that he changes not. And so for a few minutes, we'll, I wanted to talk about that. You know, and this is going to go off on sort of a tangent here, so like always, um, you know, we talk a lot on this show about having a relationship with God and about intimacy with the Father. And we talk a lot about, inter- we do talk a lot about intercession and things, but, you know, there's a difference between a corporate anointing and a corporate relationship with God that you would have in church and the kind of relationship you have with God when you separate yourself to Him and come to Him one on one. You know, the Father always reveals himself to those who seek him. And you can go into churches, and um, and it's good to be in church, um, because the Bible says, um, do not forsake the assembling of yourselves together, even if it's not a church, even if it's in your house, declaring the word of God to each other. Um, the Bible says, iron sharpens iron, and with two or more gathered together in my name, I am there in the midst. And there is a presence of the Lord that comes when we as his children are gathered together in unity with one mind and one accord seeking his face. But tonight I wanted to, at least for a minute, talk about the difference between the relationship that comes from with us when we're as a body together and then that one-on-one relationship. You know, I was counseling someone tonight a little bit before the broadcast, and one thing I had mentioned to him is, you know, because he's about to get married, and I said, you know, when all this is said and done and these worlds pass away, you're not going to be married anymore because once we get into eternity and we step from death into from the death of this life, into the new life of eternity, then we stand before the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. And then at at that moment, it's not about our friends. It's not about our spouses. It's not about our girlfriends, boyfriends. It's not about our children. It's not about our parents. It's not about the people around us, our influences. It's about us. And it's about him. And he who is our source, he who is our all in all, He is our very breath in this earth. Our very breath comes from him. The very fact that you breathe your next breath 
alone is a testimony to the Father because it's his breath that he gave into us when he breathed life into us. And, you know, you can go to church and you can hear amazing messages. And you can hear um, revelations and you can get rooted and grounded in truth and become established in the word of God. And you can be taught by men and women of God who have been um, doing this for a very long time. All right, we're going to take a one second because we have a caller. And so let's switch over and see what, and I will get with the caller. So hold on for me one second. Welcome to Prayer International. Um, yes, this is Prophetess Bray. I'm just listening on tonight. Okay, well, if you need something, I'll be back with you, and I'll put you right back in there. Okay, so, you know, for all of us who are believers, there is something that we have that most of the people in the world, including Christians, have yet to grasp. And it comes in the restoration of fellowship we have with the Father. Because he's there, waiting, longing, rejoicing to have us in his presence, rejoicing to have us near him, rejoicing to be able to shower us with his love. And the man once said that the Holy Spirit was more real to him than the people that could sit across the table from him. You know, if you have an amazing church, which I've had, I've been to some amazing churches and been memories of amazing churches in the past where you could walk in and before you even walk in the building into the sanctuary, you could just feel the presence of God, like a tangible presence. But then when you leave, and it's great because it's, it's almost easily accessible. If you want to find the presence of God, then it's not hard to find because nowadays it's, there's a move over here. Or there's this major person over here, and let's go over here. Let's drive 20 states away to Florida, or let's go to California, or let's go to Europe, or let's go wherever it is, because we've heard that the move of God is here. We've heard that the spirit of the living God is moving in this place, so let's go there. Well, that's great and all, except for that you missed the point, and that it's the same Holy Spirit that raised Christ, Christ Jesus from the dead that dwells among us, among every one of us. The Bible says, for there is no difference, for all of sin comes short the glory of God. It's all of us who has been redeemed by his grace. It's all of us who has received the seal of our inheritance, the Holy Spirit, the Rock Akodesh. And we hear on the news all the time when we hear in churches that there's a major move going on here and there's something there. But, you know, that same move that you hear about, you can have in your own house. You can have it in your car. 
you can have it when you're in the shower, when you're washing dishes. You can have it when you're taking out the trash, when you're walking your kids to school. You can literally, I mean, the Bible says we care about the presence of the Lord, I mean, the aroma of the Lord Jesus Christ, but you can carry around the presence of the Lord Jesus Christ. And it comes from spending so much time with him in alone time that it's not about all the other voices. It's about you getting direct impartation from the King of Kings. It's about having a one-on-one connection with the Father and learning your identity, learning your purpose, learning what he wants from your life, not based just because of what everybody else said, but because of what you've heard directly from him. And a lot of people don't understand that. It's not... It's like, here's an example I gave tonight. It's not that you feel the call of God on your life, that God wants you to go to this place, which, you know, the Father does call us to places and gives us um, assignments and gives us positions and anointings to do specific tasks upon this earth because the Lord rejoices in using us. And I'm going to use that word rejoice a lot tonight. But here's the thing. There's a difference between having an urging in your spirit to go do something and then having the Father say, I need you to go to this place at 9 o'clock in the morning and you're going to meet this man and at this time and he's going to say this to you and this is what's going to happen. And if you don't think it's possible, read the Bible because that's exactly what Jesus put his disciples through. He said, go into town and you'll find a cult tied up and a man's going to come up to you and the man's going to say what are you doing and you're going to say the master has need of it and you know it's the same Holy Spirit that speaks to us today that spoke to the disciples back then it's the same Holy Spirit and the same presence of God that speaks to us today that spoke to the prophets in the Old Testament that declared the warning sounds to the nations back then and that prophesied of the coming of the Lord Jesus Christ in glory in these last times it is that same Holy Spirit that dwells among us today and longs and desires to speak to his people in the same way today as he did back then. This is an aimless that the Lord God does nothing unless he first reveals it to his servants, the prophets. And the Bible says in the last days, your sons and your daughters shall prophesy. If you want to know the will of God, don't just settle for a generalization. You take yourself and you lock yourself in your closet, in your prayer room, and you don't come out until you've heard his voice, specifically for your life. And you develop your relationship with the Father. Because, you know, if you look at the life of Jesus, constantly, repeatedly, it was a habit, and not even a habit, it was his way of life to spend time with his Father. The disciples wouldn't know where he was. He was with his Father. This... Jesus was anointed and could hear the Father from the time he was five years old and a little boy or however old he was when he's in the temple learning about the Father and his parents come back and say, what are you doing? And he's like, didn't you know I was about my father's business? 
And he knew the Lord back then. And it wasn't just because he was taught, because he had already developed his relationship not to declare this person who he was working with was, well, I'm doing God's business and I'm doing God's work. He's like, no, didn't you know I was doing my father's business? And through his life, his life's purpose and meaning was to have intercession with the father. And every time he did a work, it was because of Father. Jesus said, I do nothing unless I hear it from the Father. And he said, because me and the Father are one. He said, before Abraham was, I am. And saying that, he's declaring himself to be God. Because he's the same God who spoke to Moses with the burning bush. And he's relating, and he says, before Abraham was, I am. And that word I am means I don't exist inside of time. There's no beginning or there's no end. I am. I exist. I am what I am. From before the creation of the heavens and earth, he was with God. As it says in John, in the beginning was the word, and the word was with God, and the word was God. And part of his identity was his relationship to the Father. And, you know, part of our identity isn't just that I'm Sean and I work on computers and I have this many children. It's that I do all that, but I am a child of the living God. I am anointed by the Holy Spirit. I have been adopted into the kingdom of heaven, translated from the powers of darkness and conveyed into the kingdom of the Son of his love. And I stand seated in heavenly places with the Lord Jesus Christ, blessed with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places in Christ. And my Lord Jesus Christ said, if I ask anything in his name, he'll do it. And that is my identity through him. But you don't get, those are just words until you get the revelation of their meaning. And you're not going to get the revelation of their meaning until you've taken that word and heard it directly from him. And until you take this word and you apply it to your life and you let the Holy Spirit make this word alive in you and let it become a burning fire inside your soul. You know, Paul, Paul said, he said, woe to me is if I do not preach. Because he couldn't prevent the words and this rushing river of life that was flowing out from him because he developed his relationship with the Lord. Even if he was in prison, he was still seeking the face of the Father and hearing the voice of the Father tell him what to do. And Jesus was the same way. Everything Jesus did, it was based not just upon the works, but it was based on his relationship with the Father and the outpouring and the fruit of his relationship with the Father, which was, was an anointing in his daily life. And, you know, he, everything he said... He got from his father. Well, here's the thing. The Bible says we have the mind of Christ. And I think that it will get to a point in your relationship with the Lord, if you will seek him, if you will spend time with him, that you're going to start talking to people about whatever you talk about with your friends. You can be talking about sports and all of a sudden start prophesying to people and just because that's what's on your mind at the moment. And you're going to start declaring the words of God out of your mouth. And causing the very atmosphere and the very things in the spiritual realm to shake. And it's not because you specifically had to get a word from God. It's just because you just started speaking and you and him had the same thought process going on at the time. 
and that you get to a place that you start thinking like him. And so when you're speaking, you're speaking his words just because that's become your words, because you've hidden his word in your heart, and you've stayed in his presence. Because if you keep your eyes on him, and you get to know him, and you get to spend time with him, then every minute of your day is going to be in the knowledge that he's there. And you're going to recognize his presence everywhere you go. You'll be sitting at Starbucks, and all of a sudden you'll recognize his presence showing up outside of Starbucks. And if you think it's funny, I've had it happen before. But you learn someone's presence. And, you know, you can try this. If you're sitting in your house and someone walks in and you have more than one person who lives with you, like my children, if my, one of my children walks in the room, I can probably tell which one it is without looking at them because there's just something about their presence that I've learned to recognize over the course of years and my relationship with them, just like hearing their voice, even if they're on the other side of a shopping mall, I'll know their voice because I've recognized it. And they come close and I recognize their presence because there's a difference between their presence and one of my other kids. And, you know, it becomes the same with the Father. When we take him and we declare all the time that, you know, Jesus is the Lord of my life. Well, is he really the Lord of your life? Have you really given everything to him? Have you really laid down your life before him and said, Jesus, Lord, this is my life, but now it's yours. It doesn't belong to me anymore. My old life, I've, the old man is dead, and I'm living in the fullness of a new life, resurrected with Christ Jesus. Old things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new, and we stand as new creations in Christ Jesus. And do we really lay everything down before him and give him complete and total control over our lives? You know, when you're a member of a nation that has royalty or a king, you know, the king makes all the decisions. And how many of us, and I'm just as guilty as everybody, how, how many of us actually even consult him about our daily business? How many of us really come to the Father and ask his opinion on what's going on and then wait to actually hear from him and actually let him have that place in our lives that we're willing to let his will be done, which in the end always turns out for our good. Because he said, I will rejoice over them to do them good. With all my heart and soul, the Father longs to speak to us. And not just the things about our lives, to speak mysteries. Even the, the revelation of the Lord Jesus Christ was a mystery that was hidden from the ages that that prophets and apostles, and not apostles, but prophets of the Old Testament and men and women of God desire to hear and to know about. And they got bits and pieces, but now we don't just have bits and pieces. We still have some bits and pieces, but we have the same Holy Spirit who declares the things of Jesus to us and declares to us the heart of God if we're willing to go before him and to fast our time and to give him. You know, he said, obedience is better than sacrifice. And sometimes the obedience is just getting to a place where you can hear his voice 
for your life. And that kind of revelation isn't going to come from necessarily someone at church. You know, you may hear a great message that may speak into your life. But it's another thing if you're in your prayer room and you're developing your relationship with him and he speaks into your life. Because those words will create a revelation that doesn't stop. It'll create a revelation that'll make an explosion happen in your life and in your family's life and in your friend's life and in the life of everybody you come in contact with, not just because you heard a great message, but because you've been in the presence of the living God and you heard from the Father himself. You know, when Moses came down from the mountain, it wasn't that he had just heard a good message. That's not what caused him to shine so much that they had to cover him. It was because he had heard from the Father. He had been in the presence of God. And he could not help but come down into the rest of the people and have that very atmosphere that he had up on the mountain follow him down because there was something about him. He was never the same from that moment because he had met Jesus. He had met the Father on the mountain. And he was transformed from glory to glory, which is what all we are. You know, there's a lot of things that we can study in the Bible. And there's a lot of um, amazing lessons in the end, it comes down to the Lord Jesus. It always does. Anything you read in the Bible should point to the Father's love. It should point. There's a continuity of the scriptures, which is the mercy and the love of God. You know, someone related this story to me once, and it was that, you know, in the Old Testament, they had this Ark of the Covenant, which was the presence of God before they had a temple where the Holy of Holies, where only one priest could go and have once a year and enter into the presence of the living God to offer sacrifices for the people, there was an Ark of the Covenant, which the children of Israel would carry about. And the children of Israel would carry about this Ark of the Covenant, which is where the presence of God was residing. And literally only certain people could even go near this Ark, and one man even tried to touch it on accident. And the very glory of God upon that temple because of his sinful nature, because he, he didn't have that barrier taken down. He didn't have the remission of sins and the covering of the blood of the Lord Jesus Christ, which every one of us have, which gives us the ability. Because it says we have an opening through his, his flesh, through his sacrifice, we have an opening that we can come boldly into the throne of grace. And enter into that holy holy place But back then they had this Ark of the Covenant And it had two angels on top And you know the father gave him A specific design for it It's going to be this long and this long and this long and this long And look like this and made with this kind of wood And go down the road and travel Like 20 miles and get this particular tree That's going to be growing here And you need that particular wood And make this Ark And then they put inside of it The Ten Commandments And Aaron's Rod and they carried this around with them. And there was two angels on top. And what someone told me once is that, you know, those angels were called judgment and righteousness. Judgment because the Lord God, His very nature, demands 
judgment against sin, not out of his hope and not out of because it's necessarily what he wanted, but because his very nature of holiness demands judgment for sin. And the other angel was called righteousness. But in the middle was the mercy seat. And when the righteousness of God and the love of God meets up with the judgment of God, the mercy of God will always triumph. And it was on, you know, it's it's funny there if if you learn the character of, of him and you see his character, when it says, our Father, which art in heaven, it's not just words. It becomes a literal father. It becomes someone who guides you and someone who teaches you and mentors you, someone who always protects you, someone who's still harsh with you when you mess up. But even five minutes later, will turn around and embrace you into his arms and declare over you that he'll never leave you nor forsake you. Be bold and of great courage, for I am with you wherever you go. And these words can't just be words that we speak night after night after night, but they have to become part of our very identity of realizing these words were written down for us. They were written down for the nations. They were written down for our family members. They were written down for the people that we still haven't met yet. And there's remote tribes in Mexico that no human being outside of that tribe has ever stepped foot in who don't even know what electricity is or a cell phone or anything else. But this word was written for them, and it declares things about them and about their purpose and about their identity that they have in the Father. They just yet haven't had it revealed. But if we take this word, like it says in James, and become doers of the word, and not just the great words that we'd like to hear, but all of them, then is when we see the fruits of the Holy Spirit start being revealed in our lives. And we see the character of the Father become our character. Love, joy, peace, righteousness, goodness, gentleness, self-control. Those words that we read so fast, love, and, you know, love, it says in Corinthians, love thinks no evil, but hopes for the best. Joy, joy inexpressible and full of glory. Joy that is joy despite any circumstance. A joy that doesn't disappear because you had a bad day. Peace, peace uh surpasses all understanding that regardless of what waves you're standing on and regardless of what mountain you're in front of or regardless of what army that is camped about your doorstep, you can lift up your eyes and you can look around and see the armies of the living God 
because greater is he that is with us and he that is with the world. You know that peace that comes from knowing that we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, knowing that the same God who spoke to us in the beginning is able to complete that which he is able to complete that which he spoke until the day of Christ. Righteousness. <laughs> we all want to be righteous, but that one was, we can't really do anything about that one because he already did it all for us. So that one's sort of like a freebie. Because we're the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. Declared righteous in eternity before we've even met, got there. Declared righteous before the living God Whom no man has ever seen So much That not only is our name written In the book of life But the father took that same finger That he inscribed the ten commandments with And the same finger He inscribed our hearts with but he took that same finger and wrote out our names on his palm of his hand and said, yep, that's my kid. And they're perfect in every way. Because the Bible says that Jesus is already perfected forever, those who are being sanctified. And we could keep going on, goodness, gentleness, self-control. How many of us have had that lately? Uh, that's that's a hard one. Um, but these these things don't come just because we wake up and we're like, I want to be like, I want to have like self-control today or I want to have like amazing peace today. No, they come from being transformed. They come because... The, the influence that we have from the Father and the things that we hear of the Father take more of a precedence in our lives and we give them more weight and we spend more time listening to the Father than we do listening to the world. So that the well we're drinking from isn't the latest opinion and it's not the latest revelation and it's not the latest let's go here or go there or go there. So why don't we not go to that place just because someone said that there's something going on over there. Let's go down the street or let's go to the church here and let's all get together in unity in one accord with one mind. Just like the apostles did on the day of Pentecost. And let's let the presence of God dwell in this place as well. And then we're going to go home. And we're going to start making our home a temple for the, for the presence of God to dwell. We'll put our worship music on, and we're actually going to turn the TV off, turn the radio off, turn the, the computers off. And we're going to sit in the presence of God as a family, and we're going to worship him, not because we necessarily need anything, but because he alone is worthy to be praised from now Throughout eternity, they're crying, holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty, who was and is and is to come. And we become habitations. 
for his presence. You know, Catherine Coleman was a famous um, preacher who said once that God originally told her that it wasn't originally her job to be in the ministry she was in, but some guy turned her down or turned God down. He wasn't ready. He didn't want it. And she did. She didn't want the ministry. She just wanted Jesus. And she would spend so much time with him and was so convinced that without him in her life that she was lacking and that she was missing something and that she was not complete without the Lord Jesus that before a service she a reporter once saw her pacing back and forth and he tried to talk to her and he's like she's like, Don't you understand? I die a thousand deaths before I go out on that stage because I know it's not about me. It's about him. And I refuse to go out there unless he's going with me. And she carried about that relationship that I'm not leaving this place. I'm not going out of my house. I'm not going to church. I'm not going to work unless I know his presence is with me. And until I've gotten a place in my own life that I understand that his presence is with me. Because if I walk out there into that world and I do not know my identity in him, and I don't know that he is with me when I go there, then there's no point in being out there. Because if you don't know your identity in the closet, you'll never know it when you get into the gas station, and you'll never know when there's that person who needs the word of God today and the Father needs someone to speak to them today, and you're the closest person to get to them today, and the Lord wants to use you. But then you get there, and you're too scared, and you have no idea what to do or what to say or anything else because you haven't spent the time beforehand developing your relationship with him so that the, that the anointing and the gifts and everything else are something that we have to muster up Instead of the, them just being an outpouring, something that just happens, something that just flows out of us like the Word of God, because we sit on the mountain with Jesus. And we know that when we speak and when we pray, that the nations are going to shake. Not because we're great preachers and not because we can pray the right words, but because we know He's with us. And that's where the anointing comes from. It comes from the presence of God in our lives. But it doesn't start in our churches. It doesn't start on the street corners. It doesn't start when we pray with our friends. It starts when you get alone with him. The lover of our soul. And you have that time with him where you gaze into the heavens and you look him in the eye and you understand that the very reason that you breathe is because of him. And without him, 
the very next breath has no meaning because he has become our all in all. He has become everything to us. And everything else just happens out of that abundance of love between you and the Father. And so when it says we're ministers of reconciliation, reconciling the world to God, it's because they deserve that. They need that. And that is their inheritance too, is a relationship with their Father that they may never have met or knew that they had. But that world out there deserves that. The people we see on the news, the people we see in the cars driving by us on the highway, they need that. They deserve that. That is their place too, whether they realize it or not. But if we don't know it's our place, we'll never be able to tell them it's theirs. Anyway, I think I've rambled long enough. Um, This is Prayer International Radio, our call-in number. 619-638-8458. 619-638-8458. If you need prayer, give us a call. Um, we're going to take a really quick break. Oh, wait. Hold on, Mike. Mom, Mike. I'm going to get granny tomorrow. So if you, I'm actually reading the chat room, seeing if there's any prayers that I missed. Let's see. Scanning through. Um, okay. I don't see too much. So, anyway, we're going to take a quick break, and then we will be back in just a few seconds.
Welcome back to Prayer International Radio. So um, we're about to be joined by Chris. And so once again, our call-in number tonight, 619-638-8458. If you need prayer for anything whatsoever, please give us a call. Um, Come into our chat room. We have some amazing anointed men and women of God in there. 
who can pray for you pretty much for anything. You can send us a private message in the prayer room as well. You can always, if you can't get to a phone, you can email us at prayerinternational at gmail.com, and we'll get to your prayer as soon as possible. So, um, yeah, we're ready to pray now. So we'll be right back.
God, we're back, and this is another edition of Prayer International Radio. My name is Chris Herzog, and just picking up the second half of the broadcast tonight, and just so thankful to work with a brother like Sean, you know, just sharing his heart and declaring the word of truth, just amazing uh, word that he had tonight about our identity and our authority. You know, it's funny because we never really discuss what we're going to talk about on the show together. And if you, any of you that know us, we never pre-plan, we never pre-prepare our sermons, we never decide, hey, let's preach this as a theme for the night or the week. But it seems like whatever the Lord gives to him or whatever the Lord gives to me the night before or the day after or whatever the case is, it's intermittently. But there's a, such a flow, such a consistency, such a unity in what the Lord is speaking. And so I'm blessed. You know, tonight it was in my heart to sort of talk about identity and authority a little bit. So, uh, Sean really laid a good foundation uh, for that and also about hearing the voice of God. And so let's do this. We're going to go ahead and go into a time of prayer. If you need to call in with some prayer requests, we'll have another prayer time at the end of the show if time is permitted. Uh, but you can call in at 619-638-8458. Feel free to email us at prayerinternational at gmail.com. Check out the website, www.prayerinternational.org. And, of course, you can find us on Blog Talk Radio. We've got the chat room open if you want to jump in there. And a lot of anointed men and women of God just sharing the word of truth, sharing their hearts, and having fellowship. You know, the word of God says, forsake not the assembling of yourselves together. And a lot of times we think that means church activity or corporate worship settings, or small group Bible studies, home groups. But you know, when two or more are gathered in his midst and in his name, he truly is among them. He truly is among us. When we gather together, he is in our midst. When we gather together, his Holy Spirit dwells among us. The Bible says in Psalm 133 how good and pleasant it it is for brethren to dwell in unity, and then he begins to compare that unity to the oil or to the ointment, to the anointing. And he says it's like the oil that runs down the beard of Aaron, and it runs down the skirt. It's like the dew upon Mount Hermon, for there the Lord has commanded the blessing. And basically what the Lord is saying is, look, when I have my people together in unity, when I have my people together in one accord, I'll be in their midst. You know, Jesus himself said, they'll know you're my disciples by the love that you have for one another. You know, it's when we have that love for one another that we really show our devotion. You know, Jesus said, if you love me, obey my commandments. And he actually said it this way. He said, you know, you fulfill all the law and the prophets hang on these two commandments. Love the Lord your God. With all your heart, soul, mind, and strength, and love your neighbor as yourself. And in doing these, you fulfill them all. You see, we don't have to necessarily keep one through ten by trying in our own self and our own flesh. But if we would be yielded to the Spirit of God, if we would be open to the Spirit of God, 
if in the process of loving God with all our heart, soul, mind, and strength, and if we could really understand what it means to love our neighbors as ourselves, then the you know the other ten, the ten commandments that God gave to us would be easily kept, easily kept. You know, if you love God and you love your neighbor, you're not going to steal from your neighbor. You're not going to go into their garage when the door's open and, you know, raid the extra refrigerator they have in the garage, you know, or or jump on their bike and pedal down the street on it, you know, because you love your neighbor, because you love God. Therefore, you're compelled not to sin against God and not to sin against your neighbor. It's real easy. See, it's a work that God does from the inside out. It's not necessarily an external work that God does from the outside in, but it's a work that he does in the heart. You see, if he can get to your heart, he can get to you. As a man thinks in his heart, so he is. From the overflow of the heart, the mouth speaks. And from the fruit of your lips is the product of your life. And so everything that happens in our lives starts in the heart. It starts in the mind. It's a process. And in order to see the kingdom fruit, to see the kingdom product, to have a kingdom agenda, to have a kingdom outcome, then we've got to get kingdom principles in our hearts. The Bible says, whatsoever things are lovely, whatsoever things are of good report, whatsoever things are pure and lovely, hey, think on these things. And it's when we set our mind on things above and not on the things of the earth that we can be renewed in the spirit of our mind. You see, when we have our mind on carnal things, the carnal mind is enmity with God, the Bible says. And actually, when we meditate on the things of the flesh, it brings forth corruption and it brings forth death. But the Bible says eternal life is life and peace and that when we meditate on the things of the spirit, it brings life everlasting. See, you reap what you sow. God is not mocked. When you sow to the spirit, you reap life everlasting. When you sow to the flesh, you reap corruption. And so God says, therefore, be led by the spirit. For those that are led by the spirit of God are truly the sons and the daughters of God or the children of God. Well, how can we be led if we don't recognize his direction? How can we be led by his spirit if we don't know the voice of the Holy Spirit. You know what's interesting? In Christianity, in our walk, you know, a lot of times we start out and we get saved and God recreates and renews our spirits. And our spirits start out pure and fresh and pristine and crisp and clean, renewed and uncluttered from the busyness and uncluttered from from the things of the Lord. The minute we're born again, Automatically we have this keen capacity To receive from the spirit of God Receive from the voice of God But a lot of times we allow The religion of Christianity To put us in a rut You know the minute we get saved And the minute we start talking with God The minute God starts speaking to our hearts All of a sudden we have this overwhelming desire To read the Bible Even though we just got saved And no one ever told us we should 
you know, we, we just get saved. We come into contact with the Holy Spirit and come into communion with God, and all of a sudden we have a need to be baptized, even though no one told us that we should. You know, a lot of times when we come into the things of God, God actually starts to reveal truth to us in our hearts by the Spirit of God, even before we understand what that Bible says. And some people don't understand that. They say, well, how could that be true? We thought the preaching of the Word brings forth salvation. Well, Jesus said, and you'll hear this again, and I want you to get this in your spirits. You search the Scriptures because you think in the Scriptures you have eternal life. See, a lot of people have reduced their Christianity to a Bible study. They've reduced their Christian walk and their Christian experience to a theological sermon. They've reduced the ability of God and the power of God to the traditions of men. And they've nullified God through their traditions, through their vain traditions. But see, God does not want to be preached and declared through the wisdom of man. He doesn't want to be preached and declared theologically. But he wants to be experienced. He wants to be encountered. He wants you to get to know him. See, the Bible says, They that know their God shall be strong and do great exploits. The book of Daniel says that. And that word to know, they that know their God, in Hebrew, that word is yada. And that word yada, to know, is the same word in Genesis when God said, Adam knew Eve and she conceived. That word knew is the same root yada. The same word in Daniel where God says they that know their God shall be strong and do great exploits. The same root word for know is yada. Now in Hebrew, the word yada means to be intimately acquainted with as a man is with a woman. To be intimate, to be one, to be fused together, to be heart to heart, spirit to spirit, soul to soul, to be in unity. That's what God's talking about. He wants you to be intimately acquainted with him. He wants you to know him and be strong and do great exploits. Well, how are you going to get to know him if you don't get to know his voice? Hey, it sounds like we've got a uh, caller in right now. We're going to take a small break. This is Prayer International Radio, if you're just listening in. We're going to check out the... uh, our call line, it seems like somebody's calling in, so I'm going to check out real quick, and then we'll jump back in there. So let's do that. One day when heaven was filled with his praises, one day when sin was as black as could be, came forth to be born of a virgin, dwelt among men, my example is he. The word became flesh and the light shined among us, his glory revealed, living he loved. Yeah. 
on. We had you strained for a minute, so feel free to go. Oh, ahead, I'm man. sorry. Okay. That's okay. Go ahead, bud. Okay, God bless you. This is uh, Pastor Stephen Amaker, and I'm joined with uh, Pastor Mike uh, Bradford uh, from uh, Revival Fire, and I was just listening to the ministry that you brothers were ministering to us tonight, and I just wanted to, to add that, you know, the wrong thing is being said. You know, uh, in other words, uh, the word that is being preached today is not preaching to make us kingdom ready. It's being preached to make us earth ready. And 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 people are more excited about things than God. And they're more excited about the, the things of the world more than they are excited about um uh, uh, making it into heaven, even so, to making it in to live so that we can go to heaven. They're not, they're not doing that, and and I blame not the people so much, but I blame uh, a lot of these. Uh oh, I'm. If you don't like what I say, you can hang up. Uh, I blame a lot of these false prophets. <laughs> right. Well, I would agree. With I blame you. a lot of the false prophets. Sure, I agree. You know, everything we do as Christians needs to be from a point of truth. And when we right. declare the word of God, we need to take the Bible and declare what the Bible says. And there's a lot That's of people it. that Man. they preach with itching ears. You know, they preach to itching ears. They don't want to preach the word there of truth. There you go. You know, but we, you know, we preach the cross. We preach the mm-hmm. blood of Jesus. I, we preach salvation by faith because we know the only way we're getting in is by the blood of Jesus. You know, That's the Bible right. says unrighteousness is filthy rags. Mm-hmm. You know, we have to raise a standard. See, God said uh, when the enemy comes in, God brings Come a standard on. against them. Come on. And so there as men go. of God and as a men and women of God, we've got to be that standard. That's it. You see, the Bible says we're living epistles, right? So you're you're, a, you're supposed to be a living Come epistle. On. I'm supposed to be a living epistle, not just in word only, not just in That's how we preach, but in how we live. Come on. You know, if they don't see Christ in us, if they don't see the fruit of the Spirit in us, if they don't see holy living in us, then what are they going to equate it with? Come on. They can't equate it with Christ if we don't show Christ as our example. If we don't exemplify and imitate Christ, then who are we imitating? And there's a lot of people Mm -hmm. in the body of Christ, so to speak, that claim to be Christians, but they're not imitating Christ. And that's where we have to judge Mm. Christ's fruit, right? Amen. Right? Mm -hmm. So that's, you know, that's where we're at. We agree with you. You know, we uh, think there's a lot of uh, false doctrine and things being preached in the church, but, you know, if we can bring people back to the truth of the word, brother, Come on. if we can get people back into the Bible and back into the words of Christ, and we, the truth will set them free. The truth will set yeah. people free. Amen. They will get that engrafted word into their hearts and allow the Holy Spirit to breathe Amen. on them. And, you know, and so that's what we're trying to do is create a platform with this radio show for people to acknowledge and, and get an awareness of prayer and get the word of truth down in them Amen. so it can set them free and it can start to, to grow inside of them and cause them to become people of excellence, people of integrity, mm-hmm. people of character. See, as Christians as a whole, see, there's, there's not a lot of integrity, a lot of character in the body of Christ. You know, Uh-oh. everybody's caught up in hype and emotionalism. But they're not letting the character of Jesus come out of them. They're not letting come the fruit on, of the Christ come out of them. See, my brother Sean tonight, 
he was preaching on the fruit of the spirit, and that's what we need. Right. Jesus said, if, if the tree don't bear good fruit, chop it down and throw it in the fire. He was real clear about it. If the tree doesn't bear fruit, chop it down, throw it in the fire. Well, when he says chop it down and throw it in the fire, we know what that means. You know, he equates it like, hey, you know, there, there's a place prepared for certain people that do not want to bear good fruit. Right? And so we're here to tell them so we can snatch them from the fire. You know, we're here to tell them because so, we're compelled by love to make sure that they know, you know, the truth of God, that they know, you know, the word of God. And so brother, and if they obey it. That. Yes, sir? Yes, sir, I say, you just said something. We're compelled to tell them. And that's the furthest that go. Yes, that's all we got, we're compelled to do. That's all the Lord said. Now, it's on them whether that they take it. He said, I stand before you with life and death. Uh, uh, choose. So now, uh, 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 I'm telling you, this is what, this is the good stuff, this is the bad stuff. It's an open book test. Choose the good stuff. And, and 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 God God wants, but but people are just you know, uh, and it's just so sad. I'm very 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 sad. My heart is grieved, and I can imagine the Holy Ghost is grieved, that the the Spirit of God is grieved because people are not seeking God's face. They're seeking the hand. They want the hand of God on, and what's in now. His hand and the stuff. In other words, the stuff. Oh, Lord, I need a new house. I need a new car. I need some more money. I need a better job. I need this. I need a husband. I need a wife. I need stuff. But then the contradictory with that doctrine and the word comes forth, where it contradicts the word, where Jesus says, what profit a man to get all right. this stuff and lose your soul? And lose
You know, so we don't know the time nor the hour when our number is going to be called to be called in. So we've got to be living, like you were saying, that that living apostle, epistle of the Word of God. And we have to be ready and have that relationship with Jesus Christ. Because, you you know, the, the American people take things so granted because now, you know, this horrendous thing has went on with a tornado and everybody's back to their lives, back into sin, back into everything else. And, you know, granted, we've got people out there that are doing good things, but there's nobody standing up saying that you need to get your soul right, you need to get your spirit right, because you don't know at this time of the day or hour when the Lord's going to call you home. That's right. You know, there's a lot of people that, that that uh, I hate to say it over the airways, but I'm going to say it, there's a lot of people that are in hell because of the, the way that the church has been bringing forth the gospel because of the church, the ministers, are out here, like you say, prophet whistlebritches. He's out there talking about your new car, your new house. If you give me a thousand dollars, you're going to get a million. I mean, come on, that's well, a bunch you, of hocus pocus garbage. It has nothing to do with what mind. the word of God has to say. Amen. Sure. Yeah, well, you got know, brother Mike. Jesus said it. Jesus said it like this. He said, "You know, there's going to be a day when many come to me and say, Lord, look what we come did on. in your name.' Uh-oh. And He's going to say, come 'Depart from me. I never knew you.'" I never need you And what's that day going to be like How many people are sitting in churches today And they think that what they're doing Is is having a relationship with God And it's so far from the truth And we need to realize Mm -hmm. That unless we have a relationship with Christ Through the blood of Jesus And we're led by the spirit of God And we're obedient to the spirit of God Then we we don't really have a walk with God All we have is a religion That's Mm -hmm. it and religion doesn't save Come anybody, on, but the blood of Christ does, and the spirit of Christ does. Yes, and is. so we are, we are out here compelled to preach the truth, you know, not to preach the itching mm-hmm. ears. There's plenty of people preaching the itching ears, and unfortunately it's sad to Come think, on. but I, I really believe there's probably going to be more people in hell than in heaven. Jesus said that the road is narrow Come and on, you find it. it, and broad is the way to destruction. Now, we don't like to think about that, but truth is truth, and Jesus said it real plainly. You know, and so our job is to step in front of the fire. Our job is to, you know, literally, you know, reach our hand out, and if we see a brother going in the wrong way, we point him in the right direction. And so that's what we're trying to do here on Prayer International is just encourage people to connect with God, encourage people to seek out truth through the Word of God, through the Bible, not through other sources, not through other books. And we we believe there are books out there that help people and stuff, but... You know, the bottom line is, is if, if you've got time to read tons of books, but you're not reading your Bible, you know, there's a problem there. you got to have a good balance. You Come know, on. the word that sets you free. We live by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God, not, not the words that proceed out of the mouth of man. And so what we're trying Come to encourage people is to hear, hear the voice of God, to listen to his voice, to rightly divide the word of truth, and hide that word That's in their hearts so that they don't sin against God. So when you got God's word in your heart, you know, then the meditations of, of of your heart and the words of your mouth will be pleasing and acceptable in his sight. But if you don't have mm-hmm. the word in your heart, the Bible says as a man thinks Come in on. his heart, so he is. From the overflow of the heart the mouth speaks. And if you if you eat the fruit of your lips, the bottom line is if you're speaking certain things you're gonna you're gonna eat, you're gonna experience certain things. And if you're not speaking the kingdom, if you're not preaching the kingdom and declaring the kingdom, 
then you're not going to experience the kingdom. And so we're preaching the kingdom. We're preaching Jesus Christ. And we're preaching, Jesus said, his spirit is pouring out on all flesh, and there's going to come a day when sons and daughters will prophesy. Now, we're not talking about the false prophets that are, you know, preaching this and that and, and out there for filthy lucre and trying to gain a dollar. But we're talking about those that are laying down their lives for the gospel's sake. Come on. Those that are being living sacrifices, holy and acceptable unto God, for this is your reasonable service. And if you're not living sacrifice, and if you're not living holy and acceptable unto God, then you have no reasonable service to lay at his feet. Come on. And so that's what we're declaring. Mm-hmm. We're declaring mm-hmm. the truth. Man. Amen. And it sounds yeah. like you guys yeah. are, are yeah. case in point right, right along with the word of God. Where do you guys fellowship? Yeah. Where are you guys out of? Tell us a little bit. Where are you from? Brother Mike? I'm in South Florida. Go ahead, Brother Mike. Uh, Brother Mike, he's in uh, Webb City, Missouri, southwest Missouri right now. Okay, we got Brother Mike. He's right, he's right outside out. of Joplin. Okay, you're out of Joplin. All right. Yeah, right, right outside of Joplin. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Well, praise uh, God. I'm in, I'm in South, guys, uh, uh, South Florida. And you're in South Florida. Well, praise God. Well, right. I know uh, there's a lot of things going on in Joplin. We've been praying for Joplin because all the, the yeah. disasters and things going on out I'm there. I'm believing for revival. Uh, amen. Well, you know, sometimes uh, circumstance brings a desperation in the hearts of people, and it'll cause them to Come pray. On. You know, a lot of times God uses everything for the good. You know, the Bible says God takes even the That's bad it. stuff, and he turns it around for good That's of those it. who love God and are called according to his purpose. And so even this natural disaster is just a picture of what God wants to do in the spirit there. You know, what's going on in the natural Amen. a lot of times reflects what's going on in the spiritual. And God's got revival Come in on. the heart for Joplin. God's got revival in his heart for Joplin. God's got revival in his heart for Florida. Amen. You know, and, you know, here we sit. We're out of Dallas and Plano, Texas. My friend Sean and I, we're preaching out of Texas tonight. But, you know, his word is going forth to the nations, brother. And we're speaking, just like that song we played earlier, we're speaking to nations to be open to that. We're speaking to cities. We're speaking to states. We're speaking to the United States and the the people of the United States to be open to the gospel of Jesus Christ. And there's many churches that are open to to things, but they're not open to the gospel. Mm -hmm. They're open to theology, but they're not open to the gospel. And so we're preaching the gospel. Now you're addressing the problem. Because if you're not preaching things, they don't want to hear the gospel. And right. that's, what this, that's what I said. When I first started, my first statement was, you know, uh, 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 that, you know, if, if you're not saying what's popular and what is the, is the gospel and, and, and things, if you're not talking about things, nobody want to hear you. But, brothers, you've got a worldwide ministry right now because you're on the worldwide Internet. So so you're preaching not just to the United States, and we pray that the United States hear, but the other countries will hear yes, what you, what the Lord has put in your spirit to speak, speak out. And he said, watch this. He said, my word should not go out void. It must accomplish. So be encouraged. It, you, you know, you might think, oh, well, nobody's listening. I'm not preaching. But there might be one person. Whoever knows in Ireland, in 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 uh, uh, South Africa, in Germany, 
in China, wherever, and then they hear they hear the word of God coming out of your mouth. And guess what? If they hear that word, and the Lord programs, they're listening to you exactly when you're saying the word of God, then your job is done. Your job is done. You did what the Lord told you to do. And and, and so I want to encourage you, brothers, uh, there in Texas. uh, uh, We got quite a quite a few friends in Texas and Amen. And, Amen. and and two uh we were private private chatting uh while you guys are coming on and we want to invite you to look in and, and we're gonna uh try to get you to talk with uh brother Mike evangelist Mike uh Michael Parker is in the chat room and and bring you on to this new network that we're gonna take the world by Amen. fire. I'm telling you, we're going to take it by storm. This new network, where, where, watch this. Now, we, so far, and and, it, and and as far as I'm concerned, it always will be that all of us are saying the same thing. Amen. You know why I say that? Amen. Because we've experienced when one person is saying one thing, and another ministry is saying another thing, and another ministry is, is saying something to, totally different. But, all the ministries that we have that are coming into this network, we all are saying the one same thing. How can two, watch the Bible says, how can two walk together unless they except they agree? And okay. we are agreeing, we are in agreement in the message that what the Lord has put in our mouth. And and so we'll be looking forward to fellowshipping with your brothers and, and, and yeah, let's do the work of the Lord. Guys. If uh, you want to leave some of that information in the chat room, like a website or a link or something, or maybe you did my... It's my, in there uh, already. It's in there. He's working uh, the right radio. Okay, great. Yeah, we're going to check you guys it's out and try to connect. Definitely. Definitely. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's awesome. That's awesome. Well, brother, listen, I'm going to uh, throw a brief announcement out there. We're going to break for a song so we can check out some prayer requests, but... Uh, you guys stick with us Go for ahead. a little bit, and uh, we'll bring you back in towards the end or something. And uh, we'll be listening. Kind of we'll be listening. Amen. Uh, you guys stay with us, and we're going to definitely connect base, man. We want we want to see what the Lord might do with this connection here. You know, and I want to encourage all, right. all you guys Amen. that are in the chat room, everybody that's in chat room, everybody that's calling in, and maybe you've got your own blog talk radio station or whatever you got going on. Listen, use this opportunity. When you, when you get on these shows and you go to these radio programs and you get in these chat rooms, connect up with the brothers and sisters that are in there. Connect up with the ministers that are in there. Come We're on. not exclusive. We're not exclusive. We're not here doing our deal. We're building a body of Christ. We're building a, a, a living, thriving, breathing organism that's interconnected with different parts. Okay? And we've got to all have each other to do the work of the Lord. So we want to encourage, if you've got ministries and things going on, Put your information in our chat room. We don't care. We want to spread the gospel whatever way we can. So if you guys want to leave some info in there for people to connect with you, feel free to do that. And we're definitely going to try to connect and check you guys out and see what's going on. So I just Amen. wanted to say that while we had you guys. You know, Feel free to take yeah. the liberty, connect up with people. Just let the ministry continue in the chat room because we love that kind of stuff. You know, uh, We think it's great. Well, we're going to break for a song. You guys stick with us. And uh, everyone that's in the chat room, we're just praying for you guys. Well, hey, I was going to say real fast. You know, um, Jesus said before, 
um, that the time is coming and now is when the true worshipers will worship them in spirit and in truth. And, you know, pretty soon it's going gonna, it's gonna to come down to where it's not going to be um, this minister or this minister or this minister over here. Come on. But we're going we're gonna to be an actual body. Because, you know, that's right. what Jesus is for. He's coming back for a pure spotless bride. But right now he doesn't have one bride. He has, a, like, five million brides who are all claiming that they're Come the bride. And, you know, until we get into agreement and we have, like, and we're in, in agreement, one mind of one accord, and our only goal is not what's in our pocket, but it's what's in our heart, and it's the Lord Jesus Christ. And we, the only thing that we're exalting is his name. We're never going to see this nation, the nations and the world swept. For the Jesus Christ, because the problem mm-hmm. we've had so far is nobody's in one in mind and one accord. And like you know, we say this every night: Come this on. is not, this isn't our ministry. This is His ministry, and this actually mm. belongs directly to Jesus. And every single ministry belongs to Him, and it has to be His will, His way. It has to be His name that gets glorified and exalted, because that's when the that's when the power comes when we glorify His name and not ours. Because we better get used to that body of Christ, because we're gonna because we're gonna get to heaven and we're not gonna be exalting our name. We're gonna be exalting His for the rest of eternity. Mm-hmm. So come on. So we're gonna yeah, like Chris said, we're gonna take a really quick break so we can go over some prayer requests and we'll be back in just a minute.
God, we're back. This is Prayer International Radio. My name is Chris Herzog, and just hosting the show with my brother Sean Holmberg, and just uh, we're just sharing our hearts. We had uh, a couple pastor friends call in tonight that we're getting to know. Uh, they're building a just uh, just getting to know our uh, Prayer International community tonight, and uh, out of Florida, and out of close to Joplin, uh, and we're just thankful to have brothers, you know, that are supporting. And praying and declaring the word of truth as well You know, uh, God is speaking And he is speaking the same thing uh, In many different places And he's raising up sons and daughters to prophesy the word of the Lord You know, even in the Old Testament The prophet was like, hey, you know, God Here I am giving myself to you And I'm holding out for you And God said, well, you know, don't think you're the only one you know, I've got other prophets that I've hidden in the woodwork. You know, just because we don't realize the work of God that's taking place, maybe even on the next street or the next block over from us. You know, don't think that you're exclusive in your walk with God. Don't think that your church, your denomination, or your uh, take on things is an exclusive take. Listen, we're a body. We're a body of Christ. And God wants us to be knit together, fitly joined together. We're like living stones, the Bible says, that are built together, put together to form a habitation of the living God through the Spirit. And as we get knit together in unity, 
as we get locked up heart to heart on the same page with the same mind, like the brother said, how can two walk together unless they be agreed? And like I shared earlier, Psalm 133 says that the anointing uh, is is like the beard, like the anointing on the beard of Aaron running down the skirt. Uh, so is God's people. When brethren get together, God commands a blessing there. And there's something about a corporate anointing. Sean was talking about that earlier. There's something about a corporate anointing when we come together, but the foundation, the foundation of it has to come from the closet. It's got to come from the prayer closet. Listen to this. Jesus said it like this. Let me, uh, uh, I think we're going to get into Matthew 6. Uh, we'll get into Matthew 6, 2, 6, actually, let's go 6, 5. It says, and when you pray, this is the model prayer, Matthew 6, 5. We'll just start there. It says, when you pray, you should not be like the hypocrites, for they love to pray standing in the synagogues and on the corners of the streets, that they may be seen by men. Assuredly, I say to you, they have their reward. But when you, when you pray, Go into your room, and when you have shut your door, pray to your father who is in secret. Your father who is in the secret place, and your father who sees you in secret will reward you openly. When you pray, do not use vain repetitions as the heathen do, for they think they will be heard by their many words. Therefore, do not be like them, for your father knows the things you have need of before you ask. And then he goes into... Share the model prayer. Our Father, which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread. Forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors and lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. And yours is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. For if you forgive men their trespasses, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. But if you do not forgive men their trespasses, Neither will your father forgive your trespass. Uh, we're going to stop there. What he's saying is this. Look, don't be a hypocrite. There's plenty of people, they want to pray because they think that it looks spiritual. When they can quote the scripture upside down and backwards when they pray, it, it makes them sound spiritual. But Jesus said, look, don't be a hypocrite. If you can't go in secret and you can't pour out your heart before God, and you can't do everything you do when nobody's looking, when nobody's paying attention, when nobody's giving you props, when nobody's giving you a pat on the back, when your spiritual ego isn't getting blown up like a giant balloon. Jesus is saying, look, go into your closet and have this intimate time with God, this heart-to-heart, one-on-one time with God. And then when you come out of that secret place, there's going to be a reward. See, God rewards those that diligently seek him. But when you come to God, you've got to believe that he is. You've got to believe that he is who he says he is. Like Sean said earlier, God says, I am who I am, or I am what I am. And that was it. He's saying, look, I've always existed. I, I, that's the bottom line. But when you come to him, you have to believe that he is who he says he is. As you think in your heart, as you believe in your heart and confess with your mouth, so it shall be done unto you. And if you believe who he is, 
and you believe that you are who he says you are. And you also believe who he is in your life and take him at his word, at his word you'll see the Father manifest in your life. You'll see the Father reward you openly as you diligently seek him. But when you come to him, you have to believe. See, God is more con- Did you know that God wants to reward you more than you would ever imagine? Now, we're not doing this for the reward's sake, but let me say this. He's our reward. He's our exceeding great reward. Just being able to be in his presence and being able to hear his voice and being able to feel his love and being able to feel his peace in the midst of this tormented world at times, that's reward enough. That's reward enough. And so, you know, when we talk about rewards, yes, I do believe there are, you know, blessings. God, God, the blessing of the Lord maketh rich, and he has no sorrow to it. I do believe there there are physical and material and, and those type of blessings that do come, but, see, they're, they're a reward. They're an addition. They come when you're seeking the kingdom first, when your mindsets and your priorities and, and the things that you look for and hope for and, and put your attention and time into, they've got to be kingdom things, kingdom agenda, kingdom purposes, kingdom priorities. Why do I use that term kingdom? Because, see, God wants to establish his kingdom here in the earth. And he is the Lord. He is the king of his kingdom. And if you are in a position to bow your knee and confess with your mouth, if you're not in the position to let him have lordship, if you're not in the position to let him be the king of his castle, and you're just building your sandcastles up, because, see, the Bible says there's a way that seems right to a man, but the end of it is death. The, the man can prepare... His plans all he wants to, but it's the Lord's counsel and plans that will prevail. And God says it like this, look, you can build your castles on sand and be just like the man that heard the word of God and didn't obey it. And when the winds and the storms of life come along, they're going to knock down your little sand castles and wash them right into the ocean. But if you build your life on the word of truth and you set your heart to obey God as best as you know how, you trust that he's in you to will to do. And even when you miss it, it can turn your mess into a message. It can turn your mistake into a miracle. And God can use even the bad in your life, the good, bad, and the ugly, to turn it around for the good of those that love God and are called according to his purpose. If you'll trust him, you'll take him at his word, and you'll seek him diligently, and you'll seek his kingdom first, then let me tell you something, saint, friend, brother, sister, wherever you're at. He will reward you. He'll reward you with himself. He's your exceeding great reward. He will reward you. He promises, draw near to me and I'll draw near to you. Call unto me and I'll answer you. Knock and I'll open it. Seek and you will find it. Ask and I won't let you down. It'll be given. Why? Because if you ask, if you ask for bread, he's not going to give you a stone. If you ask for an egg, he's not going to give you a scorpion. Why? Because he's a loving father. And even if you being evil know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more does your heavenly Father want to give good gifts to them that ask? So tonight we're, we're compelling you and we're calling out to you, ask, seek, knock, reach out to the Father, humble yourself in the mighty hand of God, and he will lift you up. This is Prayer International Radio. My name is Chris Herzog. 
hosting the show with Sean Holmberg tonight. Hey, we're blessed to have you guys listening and praying and sharing your hearts. Know that we want to be a spiritual support to you. Pray for, we want to pray for your ministries, pray for your families, pray for your churches. Whatever your needs are, we want to lift those up to the Father because we know that there is power in prayer. So don't stop praying. Don't stop. Keep pressing in. Keep being diligent. And the Lord will reward you. Have a blessed night. Cause my dream's not what you 